Uh, we are now coming to the end of our six-week journey. Um, we have been looking at um, things that God has called us to do. Uh, we started this journey with basically three questions that people struggle with. Who am I? Dealing with your identity. Um, do I matter? Dealing with your importance. And then finally, the idea of what is my place in life? Dealing with the impact that your life should have. Um, we've used as our kind of our basis is a uh, book by Rick Warren, What Am I On, uh, on Earth? What on earth am I here for? Um, it's the idea of the purpose-driven life. And so we've been looking at, for the last uh, five weeks, the purposes that God has for us. Uh, we started out with just a, a basic foundational concept that you need to understand that God loves you. Um, he created you. He designed you. He had a plan for you. Um, you are not an accident. You are not something that just happened. God has a purpose for you. And then we started looking at what those purposes were. And we talked about the first purpose for us is to worship. And we looked at the idea that worship is not something we just do on Sunday. Worship is a lifestyle. It is a way of looking at life and bringing God into every situation of our life. We talked about the second purpose is fellowship. The idea that you and I were created to live in the context of community. The Christian life is not a solo journey. Um, it's dangerous when you try to live your Christian life or you try to live life on your own. And many of you, by being in the small groups, I think you've started to see the value of that. You've started to see how much it helps you when you have somebody else you can share your week with. When you can laugh together, you can eat together, you can just learn about each other together. And you've seen the value of that. And I hope that as we end that this week, that many of you will continue on and say, you know, let's get together once a month. Let's get together once every two months. Um, let's continue to, to, to stay in touch with each other. And so that you continue to help each other um, as we go through this thing that we call life. Then we talked about the, the third idea, the third purpose that we have in life, is the idea of discipleship. <clears throat> Many of you are getting ready to plant gardens, and some of you are getting ready to go into the field. And the bottom line is you're not planting that garden or going into that field expecting nothing. You're putting that in the ground, you're taking care of it, you're going to do everything you can to give it the best possible opportunity to grow. And God does the same thing with us. When God saves us, he wants us to grow. So he's going to take every, if we let him, he will take every situation that comes into our life and he will make things come out of it that allow us to grow into the people that God wants us to be. And so we've talked about that idea. We call it discipleship or growth. And then last week we talked about the idea of service, that God wants us and God expects us to serve. Uh, we said from day one, life is not about you, uh, it's about others. And so we talked about this concept of, uh, of, of we call it ministry, where you're, you, you look for opportunities, you look for things where God can take your talents and your gifts and the way he shaped you and designed you to be able to basically um, help other people. And you need to understand that as we talk about and as you read about um, in the book and in the small group discussion, the idea that God never wastes a hurt. God can take your struggles. God can take your hardship. God can take your difficulties. God can take your pain. And he can use it to help somebody else. And it comes back to that idea of fellowship, that idea of being in context of community. 
So this morning we want to look at our last purpose. And the last purpose is unique. And here's why it's unique. It's one of the only purposes that we can do here. You see, when we get to heaven, we're still going to worship. When we get to heaven, we're still going to fellowship. When we get to heaven, there's still going to be this issue of learning more and growing and getting closer and and, and being surrounded by Christ. And there's this idea of, um, I believe that in heaven we're going to have jobs. Now, just relax, but yeah, we're going to work in heaven. Um, And some of you are saying, well, there's some jobs I'm done with. Um, No, I, I believe that we're going to have jobs and responsibilities in heaven. And so there's the idea of service. But the the principle that we're looking at this morning can only be done here. And that's the idea. The word that we're going to use is evangelism. The purpose is our goal, one of our purposes in life is to share Christ. To share Christ with the people around us and the people outside of us. Um, In the Gospel of John, um, there is a, when you get into theology circles, there, you know, you get all these, fun discussions. Uh, some of them matter, most of them don't. But um, one of the discussions that's kind of fun um, in the world of theology is this. If you could only have one chapter in all the Bible, what chapter would that be? So you going, hmm, that's a good question. Yeah, welcome to the world of theology. We, that's kind of things you play with. So if you could pick one chapter in all the Bible, and that's all you could ever have, what would it be? Most Bible theologians choose John chapter 17. And the reason they choose John chapter 17 is John chapter 17 gives us this very unusual glimpse of God talking to God. And Jesus Christ is pouring out his heart to his Father. And so you actually get this little picture of God talking to God. So a lot of Bible theologians choose John chapter 17. In John chapter 17, what Jesus does is he's praying to the Father. And what's interesting about John chapter 17 is he's praying to the Father about us. So you learn all kinds of great things, and and, and it's just packed full of stuff. Listen to what one of the things that he says in John chapter 17. As you sent me into the world, I send them into the world. In other words, one of the things that Jesus says to the Father is, look, you sent me here, and just as you sent me here, I am now sending them into the world, because I'm not going to be here any longer. So one of the purposes that we see is that God puts us in the world in order to share Christ with the world, just like Jesus did. One of the things that is interesting is that when you think about it for a minute, you know, we talk about the idea that when we, when we become Christians, the, the whole purpose is to have a relationship with God. It's bigger than that. Because if, Jesus, if God's purpose was just a relationship with him, then why doesn't he just save us and take us to heaven? But he doesn't do that. He leaves us here. And the reason he leaves us here is because of what, John, what Jesus prays in John 17. Father, look, as, I, as you sent me, I'm sending them. Now, there are probably two key passages in the Bible where this is really spelled out on what Jesus and what God wants us to do while we're here. The first is one of Jesus' last discussions with his disciples. In Matthew chapter 28, here's what he said. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, 
baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. Surely I'm with you always, even to the very end of the age. One of the things that Jesus says is, okay, guys, here's what you need to do. You need to go and you need to make disciples. You baptize them. That's the idea of growing. Um, and you teach them. That's that idea of discipleship. He said, look, what your purpose is, guys, is to go out into the world and do that. And that's one of the things that we see. That's one of the things that you and I have a responsibility to go. Just like That wasn't a discussion just to the disciples. That was, a, that was a game plan. That was a map for what we're all to do. Go out into the world. Make disciples. Help people to grow. Teach them. Um, and reach them for Jesus Christ. It's called, we call it evangelism, uh, which is just sharing the good news of Christ. In Acts chapter 1, we see a similar idea. Listen to what he says. He said, uh, he's talking about this. He said, as you will receive power, this is just before Jesus ascends into heaven. And you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. What Jesus says to that group is, look, here's what's going to happen. I'm getting ready to go, but when I go, I'm not going to be here anymore. But I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is going to come and indwell your heart, and you're going to receive the Holy Spirit. And when you do, here's what you need to do. You need to go into all the world. You need to go into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, that doesn't mean a lot to us because we're not in that culture. Here's the way. If, if he was talking to us today, here's the way he would say. You need to go to your Jerusalem, that, the place that's close to you. In other words, if you're working in Hornick or Sioux City or Correctionville or Lamar's or wherever you're working, wherever God has you, you need to reach those people. And then you go outside of that area, which in our world would be the Midwest. Um, you go outside, of the, you know, they're, 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 they're just outside the edges of it. And then Samaria. Now, those people were different people than, than, than Jewish people. So they were a little bit different. So that's kind of going outside of your comfort zone people. Um, my wife and I um, are uh, heading out uh, this tonight. Um, to go to Utah for a couple of days and, and, and hike in um, uh, some of the uh, places out there. And uh, so that, that's going to be my Samaria this week. Because I'm going to be on a plane next to people. I'm going to be sitting on a bus shuttle thing with people. And, and you know, that's my Samaria this week. Um, and then the uttermost parts of the earth, uh, the outside places. We have missionaries that are able to go, and God may, God has, we have gone a couple of times. We've taken three trips, uh, overseas. Uh, we got, we have people all we, all year long that are taking trips, and they're going to different parts of the world. He said, you need to go to those places and share the gospel. So, one of our purposes, our last purpose, one of the only things that we get to do here, that we can't do in heaven, is this idea of sharing Christ with other people. And so my challenge to you is, th- is that very thing, is that you and I have a responsibility, one of our purposes, to share Christ. So let's talk honestly about that. Let's talk very candidly about that, because I know what your objections are. First thing that you run into is, you know what, look, I... I would like to share Christ, but I'm, I, just, I just don't know that much as a Christian. Um, 
Start with your world. Start with the people who are closest to you. Share your story. You say, yeah, but I'm just afraid they're going to ask questions I don't have the answers to. Uh, a couple of months ago, I read a fascinating article by a guy by the name of Craig Springer. He has written books on evangelism, and he has a, a ministry where, where he works with uh, helping people share the gospel. Uh, here, listen to one of the things that he said. He said, do you know that in the life of Jesus, he was asked over 370 questions? You know how many he answered directly? Eight. That's it. People asked him questions, and he didn't answer them. In fact, when you look at his ministry, you know how many questions he asked? 172. So most of the time, when they'd ask him questions, he wouldn't answer the question. And by the way, he knew the answers. But he wasn't there to have an intellectual debate with them. He was there to try to get them to think. So he would ask them a question. You don't have to have the answers. You don't have to have, you know, well, well, you know, you don't understand. You know, they're going to look at my life and say that, you know, well, well, you know, who do you to tell me what to do? Stop. Just share your story. You don't have to have all your ducks in a row. In fact, if you get all your ducks in a row, go find another church because none of us have our ducks in a row. We're all struggling. It's all a growth thing for us. Everybody's growing at different things. Everybody's learning. Everybody's growing. And you need to understand that as we talk about this, one of the things that we have to do is we have to be willing to share a story. And part of sharing our story means we've got to be willing to take that risk to be able to say something to somebody. Um, one of the things that's interesting, and he talks about this in this article, he said, what we have to understand is the world has changed. And some of you who are, who are older, my age or older, will get this. There was a time in this country when most of the evangelism, the, most of the ability to share Christ with people was an intellectual issue. Um, you would go up and you would just explain the gospel to people and people would accept it. Um, you know, I mean, when I, when I was in college, we used to street preach. We'd stand on the corner in Greenville, South Carolina, and we would, have, we would start preaching, and people would listen, and we would have people come to Christ. Another church that we would, have, we would have visitation, usually on a Saturday morning. We'd literally go into a neighborhood and knock on doors and share Christ with people and invite people to church. And that was effective. People responded. There are some people here that you, you came to Christ as a result of that. But here's what's happened in our culture now. The intellectual aspect is pretty much gone. Because coming out of COVID, the frustrating thing for most of us with COVID is this. You didn't know who to believe. You didn't know what to believe. You didn't know who to trust. Because you had good information and false information and goofy information and all. So what happened is the whole credibility of this intellectual world went down the tubes. What has happened in this world is now 
that intellectual thing, although in some places and with some people it may work, it is now the thing that, that, that is probably the least effective as a whole. Because what has happened now is, it is all about relationships now. You pick people that you are confident in trusting in, who you will listen to. It is all about the relationship that you have with people because a lot of times there's so much misinformation out there, you don't know what to believe. You know, they did a study in a circle. He talks about this, but he does, they, they do a study about this uh, concept. And one of the things that they said, let me get this right, only one in five Christians take time to know the story of the person they're talking to. In other words, just one of these things where, okay, I'm going to tell you this, and now you need to do this, and then we're good. Look at Jesus and his ministry and how many times he connected with people. Um, in the story of the woman at the well, the disciples come up and they go, whoa, you shouldn't be talking to her. He was connecting to her. And remember this, Jesus sat with publicans and sinners. Be really careful here. Jesus didn't sin with publicans and sinners. He just sat with them. He connected to them. Um, they would respect him. They would listen to him. He would build a, a rapport, a relationship, if you will, with them. And part of that means that we as Christians have got to become a whole lot less judgmental. Um, listen to what Peter says. He says it this way. The Lord is not slow keeping his promise. Some men understand slowness. Instead, he's patient. Not wanting anyone to perish, everyone to come repentant. You think about how patient God was with you before you came to Christ. He should have wiped you off the face of the map a long time ago. Me too. But he did. He worked with us. There are people here who you know God has worked patiently with you for a very long time and continues to. Because that's God. What happens is so many times we as Christians look at it and go, oh, yeah, you need to do this, this, and that, 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 that. Here's our list. Do, 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 do. How, how come you're not doing that now? How quick do you respond? We've got to be patient. We've got to understand. That's why we say when people come in here, we're patient with people. I don't care where you are on the spectrum as far as Christian growth. You may be on the end where you don't want anything to do with God. You may be on the end where, 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 where you have a passionate relationship with God 24-7. It's everybody on that spectrum in here. And we're patient to let God say, we'll let God work in your life on God's timetable. And we want to be a part of that. But one of the things that you have to do is you've got to be willing to go and share Christ with the people in your world. Um, one of the things that we're struggling with right now, and we've been here before as a church, where we struggle with this issue of we have a lot of people come in, like this week, and you know, we had to move chairs up and push them together and, and, and do things like that. We've got to tell people to park differently next week and, and all those kinds of things. You know, people are like, well, you know, what are you guys going to do, you know? I don't know what we're going to do. We'll figure it out. Well, how big is it going to get? I don't like it when it's big. Well, it ain't about you. You've heard me say from day one, it's about the people who have yet to walk in those doors. That's who we're here for. It's not about us. And so there's this idea. It's like, it's like well, how, how big do you want to? You know, first of all, I was happy with 40, okay? When I came here, it was like 40 of us, all right? Um, so I'm okay with that. 
But for whatever reason, God's brought more into the family, and as God brings more into the family, we just, you just adapt. You know, I've watched my living room change over the last couple of years. As these little creatures start coming into our house, you know, now that area that we used to have as a desk now has toys, and it changes, and we adapt, and we keep adapting to it. And we do the same thing here. You go, well, what about, you know, well, well, you know, what about, here's the question. The question isn't how big do you get. The question is this, who are you going to leave out? Who are you going to say us for and no more? You know, I mean, you know, I don't look at my kids, you know, you know, Josh and Alex, you know, he said, hey, you know what? We're, we're expecting here this year. I didn't look at them and go, mm, sorry, three's the limit. <laughs> so you go find another place for Jethro if you want this one to come in part of it. You don't say that. You go, the more the merrier. As long as you go home at the end of the day, I don't care. You know, I mean, really. It's one of those days, and it's the same way. When your church family starts to grow, and we start to, then we adapt. We make it work. And that's the way you go. That's the way the family goes. But part of it means you've got to be able to share Christ, and you've got to be able to bring people and say, you know what? You come with me to church. Come sit with me at church. Um, you know, well, you know, I don't know if I'll fit in. Just come. You'll find out we're, we're as goofy as a $3 bill. I mean, and you know what? We're just normal, everyday kind of people. But here's one of the things. You've got to take the people that are in your world and include them and, and, and share your story with them. Then you've got to go to the people that are outside of your world. And this is where it gets really interesting for us, especially when you look at the statistics about this. You know that they tell us right now that 38% of the Christians do not have one unsaved friend or one unchurched friend. 40%. Now listen, that's wrong. That is wrong on so many levels. That you have become so wrapped up in your Christianity that you have nobody outside of your little Christian circle. You have to get to the point that you are willing to have people outside of your circle and outside of your comfort zone in your world. Listen to what Paul said. Paul said it this way. To the weak, I became weak. To win the weak. I become all things to all people so that all possible means I might save some. Paul said, it's bigger than just me. I do all this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Paul said, here's what happened. I actually go out and I look at people and I interact with people in such a way that I can reach them for Christ. Um, so some of you are going to really be upset with what I say, but you'll, you'll either get over it or leave. So this is, this is how it goes, all right? On social media... Those of you who are on social media with me, Facebook friends, that kind of thing, go through it. Go through my social media stuff. You know what you'll find? You won't find anything about attacking or ridiculing or making fun of LGBTQ people. You know why? Because I have LGBTQ people on my friends list. Are you ready for this? 
you won't find my political position talked about on there. You know why? Because I have friends who are on the opposite side of it. And I want to be able to reach them. Why? What do we all things all men? Do I have a position? Yes. Do I need to, to state it in such a way to offend and hurt you? No. Are you saying you should never speak up? No. When the issue comes that I need to take a stand, I take a stand. But I take a stand in love. I can agree to disagree with those people. Do I think they're wrong? Dead wrong. Do I have an opinion? Yes. Do I still love them? Yes. Do I still want a relationship and a friendship with them? Yes. Case in point, my wife. (laughs) Do I love her? Yes. Do I disagree with her at times? You bet. Is she wrong? Yes. Dead wrong. (laughs) Do I love her? Yes. I can agree to disagree. And it's the same way. It doesn't mean I love her any less. And it's the same way with the people that I have. You have to get outside of your comfort zone. And you go, yeah, but you know, I mean, you know, it's just so hard. I mean, you know, they get into, well, address me by my personal pronoun. (laughs) I'm just going to call you you. You know, and I try to, again, it's so hard, but yet, do I want to reach them or not? Do I want to share the gospel with them or not? Well, no, I think I don't, I don't want any of them in heaven. Some of them are going to be, and you're going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be people on the opposite side of the political spectrum that are in heaven with you, and you're going, I didn't think any of those people could go to heaven. And you've got to understand that. You've got to understand that, look, our goal, this is what Paul's, this is what Paul's saying. He's not saying you, you, you water it down. But he is saying this. You don't have to be offensive if you don't need to be offensive. Did Jesus speak truth? Yes. And you know what? The fringe people of his day flocked to him. He looks the woman at the well and says, Go and sin no more. He addressed her sin. But he also loved her. And he also shared the fact that he's offering living water. And she desperately knew. You know what they tell us about the millennials right now? They tell us that over half of the millennials, as far as life goes, say they feel rejected and empty regarding life. And we got 38% of Christians who don't have an unsaved or an unchurched friend. There's something wrong with that. We've got to be able to step outside. And you go, I'm just really uncomfortable. Okay, I get that. But there's something to be said for getting out of your comfort zone. My wife and I go, you know, like I say, um, we've been, this has been our struggle all for the last three weeks. Because I, I want to go, I want, I want to hike the Narrows. Okay, in Zion National Park. Okay, so if you don't know about the Narrows, just go Google it and all that stuff. Basically, it's a, it's this incredible hike, 
and you got to go through water, and you're walking in a stream, and everything else. Well, the problem is the water was snow 72 hours earlier. So if it's 80 degrees in the summer, it's an awesome hike. In April, not so much. So I did all my research. So I had rented the whole outfit. I mean, the coat and the bibs and the special shoes and the special socks and everything. I had it all rented. Already paid for it. And then we looked at the weather this week. The day that we were going to do the narrows, there's a chance of snow. And I was like, mm, maybe not. But my wife was willing to say, I don't want to do it, but I will. I will. I don't want to. So I find that we finally canceled it. We're going to do something else instead. But it was one of those deals where it's like, you know what? Every time we try to do something a little outside our comfort zone. Um, I, I want to do Angel's Landing, but A, you know, I'll die. And then B... Um, it's not a good hike. It's not going to be a good hike for me. Anyway, so, but again, it's one of those things where I like getting out of my comfort zone because getting out of my comfort zone forces me. And some of you, that's what happens. You need to get out of your comfort zone. You need to, you need to find a group of people that you're really uncomfortable with and get in and realize you can have an opportunity or ministry there. Um, one of the worlds that we're in is, uh, is in the art community, doing, being glass blowing. And I mean, let me tell you something. You want to talk about goofy people. I mean, a lot of them, they think way outside about because they're this creative group. And so they kind of throw out rules and they kind of have this really laissez-faire attitude about life and stuff like that. But it gives us an opportunity to be able to share with them on an artist's perspective. In a world because they can respect us as artists, even though we differ completely on some of this stuff. Because I'm looking for an opportunity to be able to share Christ with them. And I want to challenge you with this because so many of us get in our little comfort zone and we get our little Christian circle and all that's great for encouragement. But if we're not sharing Christ, we're missing one of the main purposes of our life. To share Christ. Because ultimately, is that not the ultimate purpose for us? To be able to go to heaven and have people there that we got the opportunity to share Christ with? Again, maybe we just planted the seed, maybe we watered it, maybe we were there to harvest. Again, but isn't that ultimately our goal? Because God cares about the whole world. And he cares about those people you're going to be with all week long and those people outside of your world that you're going, well, I'm just really uncomfortable with those people. This week, in small group, you talked about the idea about the most dangerous prayer you can pray. Is God, use me. God, use me. However you need to use me, God, use me. Listen to Mark. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me in the gospel's sake, it'll count now. It'll make a difference. Listen to what Paul says to the Roman. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Not shall be, not might be, not could be, not hopefully will be, will be saved. But here's a question. How can they call on one they've not believed in? And how can they believe in one whom they haven't heard about? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? 
And how can anyone preach to them unless they go? How beautiful are feet. Who are those who bring good news? You know, oh, pastor, you don't understand. We're in America. Everybody's heard the gospel. There are a lot of people in here who would disagree with you. There are a lot of people in here who have been in church their entire life and never understood salvation. There are a lot of people who have been around this Christian thing but never, ever understood it is, in, it is by faith alone, through grace alone, in Christ alone. And Paul writes to these people, and here's what he says. You need to understand this. If we're not willing to go, how are they going to hear it? How are they going to hear it? How are they going to hear it? Um, uh, you know me. I'm willing to do whatever I need to do to make the point. There you go. Ain't they beautiful? Ain't they beautiful? Scripture says they are. Now, we lose it because we wear shoes today. Okay? But in this culture, what, what Paul was saying when people wore sandals, oh man, I shouldn't have done that. Um, <laughs> this is an old person thing. When people wore sandals and their feet were nasty and dirty from walking from town to town, Paul says, you need to understand, those feet are beautiful because they're willing to go somewhere and share Christ with somebody. Have beautiful feet this week. You're like, okay, I'll go get my toes done. No, that's not what I'm saying. Pastor said I got to get my toes done. Sorry, you take it up with him. No, that's not what we're saying. Share Christ with somebody. Tell them your story. Look, God doesn't waste a hurt. You go, well, you don't understand. I'm still in the middle of struggling with my story. Great, tell them that. Be authentic. Be real. Let them know you don't have all the answers. Let them know that you're still processing this stuff. Let them know where you are in your journey. But share with them the idea that because of Christ, I now have a hope I didn't have before. I'm now growing in ways that I've never grown before. Share Christ. That's what we're called to do. And I want to challenge you this week because I think sometimes we forget this. And we get saved, we get so caught up in the Christian life, we get so caught up in all of this stuff that we forget there's a bigger purpose here. And there are people who desperately need this. And yet, we're afraid to open our mouth. We're afraid to say something. We're afraid. I mean, he went to a cross for us. And we're afraid to open our mouth because they might not like us anymore. What you might find is you actually offered them a hope that no one's offered them before. And it literally changes their life. And I just want to challenge you this week, because I think sometimes we forget this. And I want to challenge you to share Christ with the world that he's put you in. And for those of you who you're looking at it going, I just don't have that many non-Christian friends, then you need to really get outside of your comfort zone. And you need to really get into a world where there are people who aren't like you, who you have an opportunity to reach. And when we have opportunities, 
We share Christ with the world. That's a teacher in Omaha who needs clothes to be able to help kids, then we're going to do what we can. If that's a Aaron and a Lori as they head to Papua New Guinea, then we're going to do what we can. I had a discussion last week with Aaron about, about two people getting who may be on the field in the next four years. I basically said, look, when they're ready, send them here. You send them here first. We'll help them get there. Because I can't go. The only reason I can't go is because God hadn't called me. Otherwise, I'd go. You know, those of you who know me and know my story, um, I, I, I would be on a mission field in a heartbeat. But God has not called me to the mission field. God called me here. And I love what I do. But I kind of made a deal with God. If I can't go, then from my position as a pastor, I'm going to do everything I can for people who can go and who are called to go. And so that's why missions is so important to us as a church. And, you know, God calls, you know, God calls one of you to the field. You need to know (laughs) you will do everything we can to help you there. So I just want to challenge you this week to share Christ. Share your story. I end with this. God's called you to share Christ with others. God chose to use people as the primary means of sharing the good news with the world. Be available this week. Allow God to use you. Because only eternity can reveal how God will use you to impact this world for his glory. Let's pray, Lord. We're here this morning because you loved us and saved us and we put our faith and trust in you. But Lord, there is a bigger purpose for us as well. While we want to worship and fellowship, while we want to grow, while we want to serve and minister, Lord, we need to share you with the world. So help us this week. When we're hesitant to keep our mouth closed, would you give us the strength and the power and the wisdom to speak? Lord, may we be willing to talk to those people that we have so um, often pushed aside that conversation because we felt uncomfortable. Lord, this week, give us the zeal, the passion, the courage to speak what we need to speak, to live out relationships and develop relationships with people where, Lord, we can invite people into our lives to be a part of our journey as well. And when it is all said and done, Lord, use us and may you be glorified as people see Christ in us. These things we ask in your name. Amen. Let's stand.